Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Biff Bites podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jerry Mee, joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, Mr. Adam Shear. How you doing, Adam? Doing great, Jerry. It's the season, right? We're uh, coming up on CFP cycle. Let's go. Definitely, definitely. And uh, Adam, you did a uh, solo episode last week to kind of give some... uh, test takers, some last minute tips before uh, the exam. And we just wanted to squeeze one more episode in there for everyone sitting for the March exam to just kind of give you some guys, some uh, test day tips, uh, not so much on the test itself, but more just, you know, how do you handle going to the, the site? How do you get checked in? Just give you guys as much information as possible so you can focus on the exam and not worry about all the red tape of checking in. Yeah, sounds good, Jerry. Yeah, I was talking about the actual questions and question strategy and level. Uh, Last time, we're going to cover your checklist, right? The stuff that you can control and get together and get organized uh, just to make sure you go and get to your seat smoothly without any (laughs) hangups. Yep, I call this the, uh, the dad advice uh episode because it's like it's like when you, you get your first summer job and your dad sits you down it's like okay so make sure you get up get there early you know maybe go the day before scope the place out see where the good parking spaces are that's <laughs> so that, great that's that's we're gonna do the, we're gonna do the dad advice uh for this episode <laughs> excellent excellent yeah i like that i like that we're gonna go with that <laughs> And speaking of, actually, that's kind of the first step I give a lot of uh, students, you know, who maybe are getting uh, getting a case of the nerves before the uh, the test starts is um, if you can just drive over to your testing site and, and kind of scope out the area, you know, see what the parking situation looks like. Uh, see if there's any like coffee shops nearby or anything like that that you can pop out on your break. Um, just kind of scope the area out because last thing you want to do is go to the test on the test day, get there and realize that, oh, there's actually no parking and you need to park like six blocks away. And now you're late for your test because you had to park so far away. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm maybe I'm mildly superstitious about this, but when given the chance, I uh, made sure that I tested in the same center where I got my 65 and where I'd sat for other FINRA exams before. Um, so I had my lucky my lucky spot to go and do standardized <laughs> financial exams. So however lame that that sounds, but um, it just it, it was one less thing to worry about, you know, just in line with the dad advice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I sat for my CFB exam, I took it, you know, right in Boston, uh, right. Uh, it's like right across the street from Boston university's campus. And I'm glad I did because Boston being Boston, there was all sorts of construction and road work and road closures. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I actually, you know, scoped this out so that, uh, I could make sure it's like, Oh, I don't actually want to take this route. I want to go this other way. Cause otherwise I'm just going to get, you know, stuck in all this construction. So absolutely. And I mean, this is such a, a a big deal, right? That I don't I don't think it's the worst idea to to consider if you haven't been to a testing center, even that Prometric test run if they're offering those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's a good way to to get in there. You you go through the check in process. You launch the something there. You work through a tutorial. I think it's thirty bucks on the Prometric site. Um, I'm not sure if you could schedule it this close, but that's just one thing you want to have buttoned up, right? Is, is how am I getting from my house to the testing center? 
and making sure I get there on time. Yeah. Seems super simple, but it's super important. You don't want to, you know, start your day off on the wrong foot because you just weren't really prepared, you know, getting the lay of the land. Yeah. And another thing too, uh, the day of my exam, they were offering some kind of crazy standardized exam for high school kids. And (laughs) there was like a line of 12 to 15 high school kids getting individually checked in and they grouped them because they all had to launch the exam, I guess, at the same time or a similar time. So everyone else that had exams that day got pushed to the back of the line. And I think it's worthwhile to reach out to your testing center just so you know what to expect when you're going in there. Ask them about, you know, how busy is it going to be there tomorrow or the next day or on my exam date? And um, that'll help you to get there on time as well. Uh, Because I'll tell you what, as if I weren't nervous enough going in there, when you have to sit in the nerves for a good half hour extra, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, I, I was I was forced into arriving in a place where I was I was a little cooler headed, but uh, hearing that can be a surprise, and we just want to limit the surprises on your exam day. Yeah, and uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but that just reminded yeah. me there is uh, when you're coming back from breaks, make sure you're coming back early in case yeah. something like that happens where there's like oh there's. 15 high school students who all need to get checked in before you and your clock is going to start at that same time, regardless of how many people need to check in before you. So it's a smart idea to, you know, get back from your breaks, get back early so you can get checked in early uh, and not lose time to anything like that happening. That's right. And if, I mean, if the high school students are anything like my nine-year-old, I mean, the (laughs) likelihood of them remembering their ID and everything that they're supposed to remember is is slim to none. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. See, I, I looked at when I took my exam, there were, there was a dental exam going on at the same time. So I was just with a bunch of dentists. <laughs> <laughs> it was creepy and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> they all had little drills. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally you'd hear, you'd hear the sound of the gas and <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> definitely didn't help the nerves. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's great. So, so what are we looking at, Jerry? So so let's just walk through, right? I mean, yeah. like one, what are, what are you bringing exam day? What do you bring? So your best friend in the world on exam day is your financial calculator. Um, that is number one. I would not leave the house without that. It's the only thing you can take into the exam with you from outside. So do not leave that at home. Um, now... This was pre-COVID days when I took mine, so I don't know if they still do it due to kind of germs, but they also at the site had a basket of simple calculators, like Mm -hmm. basic, uh, like Staples $10 calculators. I don't know if they still do that due to the- I think they do, you know, because we had the old IRS grade, Mm -hmm. um, basic, enormous calculators with the big buttons right? uh, for the EA exam. So I think it is a, a, a- a location by location thing, but I know that they're there. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know like at the height of COVID, they stopped doing it because of uh, like, they'd have to clean them every time and all that. But I think some sites are going back to it. But if, if you want to, just to be safe, you can feel free to bring your own, just like basic staples calculator. You are allowed to bring both your financial calculator 
and a basic calculator for basic, you know, multiplication division type questions. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to bring both of those, I would, uh, or you can always use the one that's provided on the computer, the little digital one, but I know some people aren't the biggest fan of those, but those two basic calculator and financial calculator, those would be the first on my checklist. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in there uh, valid photo ID. Yep, gotta have that. that. Won't won't <laughs> let you in with that without that. <laughs> uh, what else you got? What else are we bringing in there? Really, that's that's it. I mean, you don't bring in your own pencils. You don't bring in your own paper. Um, you know, you the cell phone. Uh, when you get there, they give you a locker. So put your wallet, your cell phone, basically put all of that stuff uh, in the locker. And all you're really going up to the desk with is your photo ID and then your uh, your financial calculator. Uh, oh, I guess there is one more thing that it's it's optional, but you can bring in uh, noise canceling headphones if you want. Oh, so that's new. That's, that is, that's that, a new one. That is yeah. a new one that they that they've started allowing is uh, that they'll they'll allow noise canceling headphones. Um, it's optional and it says it's available upon request. So I believe also some sites even just have them. Yeah, they have they have the ones that are really uh, hard plastic and I mean, hurt your ears to know. <laughs> so they're, they're not the cozy like bows, you know, like pillows on your ears. Um, but I was actually just talking to a student about this that like you, Jerry, I'm, I wear glasses. Mm -hmm. And being that the mask policy is is still in place, the mask glasses combo has potential to really be foggy, right? To fog yep. up the lenses. Right. So the setup, in my opinion, for all you glasses wearing uh, exam takers out there, you, you take the, the mask, you bring it up to the bridge of your nose, you put the glasses over it, and then you put the headset on and it keeps it snug. Because I don't know about you, but when I wear masks, my, my glasses are like slipping off my face. Um, yep. so you can use those to cancel the noise, right? Uh, keep the dentist drills down, keep the smacking of gum to your left a little lower, <laughs> the, the coughs and the clearing of throats the and <laughs> the restless leg syndrome, you know, with the guy to the right. Um, yeah, all that stuff. We want to keep that quiet, but also it, it does help for the people that have glasses on. Um, I always liked it just as part of the routine, even though they hurt to no end, you know, by the end of the, of the six hours. Yeah. Um, but that's good. That's good to know that they allow you to bring that in now. Yep. And uh, they have that. So yeah, really just real quick to iterate, just calculator, ID, uh, mask, I, I guess we can add in there though. That, yeah, that's, yeah. that's second nature for a lot of people now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, and then the noise canceling headphones. And even there, I would probably just use the ones they have there because yeah. if you bring your own noise canceling headphones, then you're going to have to get those checked. And it just, it adds more time to the check-in process that you don't necessarily want to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for those of you, I, I had, I had a, just a hooded sweatshirt that I would wear um, when I'd go to these and just know that they, you know, they check all your pockets, right? They, they, and, and hooded sweatshirts are no exception. They make you you know, inside the hood, you know, make sure that there's nothing in there. If you're wearing glasses, they're going to check your glasses. They're going to do the little wand check on you. I mean, it's, it's awfully thorough. Um, they, I remember they make you turn your pockets out. So like you, you yeah. pull, you pull the pockets and you, you know, <laughs> yeah. pull, pull them out. So you, uh, they're just <laughs> flapping there, but yeah, they are very thorough to make sure that, you know, you're not bringing anything into the exam other than 
you know, basically just your calculator. Cause they take your ID when you check in and they, they put it in a little box and you get your ID back when you uh, turn the test in. So you yeah. literally you're working, walking in there with the clothes on your back and your calculator. And that is it. That is it. Yeah. So, so in between, um, I guess we could talk just briefly, right, Jerry, about, you know, you get the, this thing launched, you're working through it. We are still working in four quarters. I mean, that was a change that came about when we started going remote, but mm -hmm. we still have part one and part two of the first section, right? And then you have your break, and then you have part one and part two of the second section. Right. Um, so that's the, the exam layout there. And um, yeah, you, you're just going to have to know that you get to the end of that 43 questions, right? And that section, you're going to get an optional break. Now, you can take optional breaks at any time. You raise your hand, the proctor comes over and says, come on, check out. Uh, but built into your exams on part one, around question 43, they're going to give you the opportunity to get up. And if you turn it down, it locks up part one. So just know strategically, if you are going to go back and flag questions, um, you, you need to break at question 43 and look back because it's going to lock up. You're not going to be able to review it. Yeah, it's like taking four individual tests rather than exactly. you know, one large yep. test. Yep, definitely. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely important. And then, uh, also keep in mind, anytime you leave, I don't think people realize this, but anytime you leave, you have to go through the check-in process all over again. And I think a lot of people, they don't realize just how time consuming that check-in process is because, Oh, like I give them my name, I show them my driver's license. I'm good to go. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. well, no, not actually. So they're actually going to, they're going to sit you down in front of a little green screen, they're going to take your photograph. They're then mm -hmm. going to compare your photograph to your photo ID to make sure you are who you are. They're going to find you in the system, register you in the system. And now uh, I don't believe they did this for my exam or, and I, Adam, I don't think they did it for yours either, but no. now they're, they're actually going to be fingerprinting you as well. Yeah. I didn't have that, but that was something we saw recently, right? That was, a, yep. I think the board let us know about that. Right. So they're yeah. now, they're now going to be doing fingerprinting and anyone who has had to do fingerprinting for any sort of like government clearance or just, you know, any, anything like that. Um, fingerprinting takes a while because <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it never quite, never quite gets it right. Or it's smudged or it's like, Oh, you shook it. It's just a time consuming process. So, yeah. you know, keep in mind, you should allocate honestly 10 to 15 minutes just ought to be on the safe side every time yeah. you check in. And that means, you know, if you're taking a 45 minute lunch, that means you really only have 30 minutes for yes. your lunch because you need to spend 15 minutes of that time checking back into the, into the site. Without a doubt. Yeah. And for lunch, we do not mean that you're going to go searching for the sub shop or pizza shop in town. Like you're going to go pretty much out to your car Yep. And you're going to have something to snack on, like have a nice, a nice little lunch. Um, ideally, not look at any other materials. Your mind is going to be racing with CFP info at that point. Um, maybe get up and walk around, but you got to keep an eye on that clock. I mean, I've heard some pretty terrible stories of people that thought they could take a proper lunch. You know, I'm going to go yeah. to the, the nearest pizza place, get myself a slice, get myself a soda, come back in and that that clock doesn't wait for you it, it goes and that could really really mess you up so jerry you're 100 right yeah half hour yep. you got a half hour 
Right. You, can, you get 20 minutes, right? You just want to budget <laughs> that time well and make sure that you get in there and you could do so on your terms rather than having the clock just start up on you and surprise you. Yeah. And frankly, if you can, if you can eat on your lunch break, you know, you're doing better than me because I remember when I took my exam, I was so nervous. I went out to my car. I had my sandwich in my little, my little lunch bag and I took like one bite of it and I'm like, all right, I'm done. Like I can't, I can't eat anything. <laughs> yeah. Mine was, mine was the same. I think I made it through half the sandwich, a little bit of an apple. And I, I, I remember calling my wife at the time and just being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> This is pretty intense. So expect to feel that way too. I mean, it's, it makes sense when you think through just what this test is about. You're working at the level of application and scenario, and you're often whittling it down to two answers, both of which are pretty good. And because there's not those concrete answers, you end up feeling at the end of it like, wow, I don't know where I stand really. Right. I mean, it's, so expect that uncertainty and, uh, Maybe, maybe you just don't have the appetite. You know, maybe you just want to get right back in there and get to it. But uh, yeah, clock management, both in the exam, on your breaks is, is definitely essential. And then when you're checking back in, one thing I wanted to bring up too is just uh, kind of working with the proctors at the sites. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously all these prometric sites, they have uh, proctors who run them. And I think people get confused because they think of like the proctors as this like, dedicated pro metric task force who have been working there for years and they know the ins and outs of the CFP and they know exactly that's not what it is. So first of all, the pro metric does a whole lot more than just the CFP. So there's hundreds, if not thousands of standardized tests that get given at these sites that these proctors have to deal with. These proctors have no idea what the CFP is. They don't know you any different from the dental students or the high school students or the law students or, you know, anything like that. So don't expect them to know what the CFP is or to particularly know what you are and are not allowed to do with it. Um, specifically, I bring this up because when I took my test, the proctor tried to tell me I wasn't allowed to bring in my financial calculator. Oh, they're just like, yeah, no, you can't bring anything in. I'm like, no, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I am allowed and I, I, I had to bring them to the CFP website and show them on the website that it says I'm allowed to bring in a financial calculator and these were the allowed financial calculators and all of that, all of that took time like and like all of this is, is time against the clock so just really want to drive home show up early check in early because yeah. things, things like that happen and you may need to spend 10 minutes explaining to a proctor who doesn't know what the CFP is that you yeah. are in fact allowed to bring a calculator into, yeah. into your exam with you. Listen, be sure you tip your proctor, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, I'm no, not don't, suggesting don't, that. Don't, <laughs> don't actually do that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like these, these proctors don't really know about the exam. Like think of these proctors as glorified substitute students, because I mean, they're basically like temp, temp agency people who get told, yeah, show up to this spot at this time. You're going to be checking people's IDs and checking them into a room. And that yeah. is pretty much the extent of their knowledge of what you are doing. Yeah, absolutely. And then don't be surprised also uh, this cycle when you finish up, you know, that they likely don't have anything for you. I mean, there's not going to be something tangible. And that feels really strange mm -hmm. when you finish something like this and it's just like, okay, your scores have been submitted to CFP board. They said to wait for four to six weeks. I Get out of here. Feel really uneasy, <laughs> yeah. Right? Go, they're just going to tell you to go home. <laughs> go home. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. And that's going to be expected. So, um, 
yeah, I, I think that the more of this you can kind of uh, visualize to a degree, like, okay, this is expected. Um, here's how we go. And, and just one thing, so calculator. What I've heard from people in the past is that uh, there, there's a, a lot of variety in how the, the prometric people clear calculators. I've heard of some that ask you to take the batteries out of the back. I've heard of some people saying, they just asked me to clear it. Others have asked me to like fully clear out the working memory. Um, whatever the case may be, make sure you know in advance how to get your calculator from factory settings, if it's different from what you're used to, to the settings that you're accustomed to, right? Just be, be aware of that. I'm, I'm speaking mostly, I think, to the 10B2 plus users out there. Because when it reserve when it, it goes back to factory settings, you go to two decimal places and it does something wonky. I think it goes to 12 compounding periods. So just know how to get from there uh, to wherever you're comfortable. If you're comfortable toggling between compounding periods, you'll be good to go. Um, if you're accustomed to one compounding period and then making the adjustments in the calculation, uh, just know how to input that. If you have questions on it, contact Jerry or me. We'll be able to walk you through it. Yep. And then for HP12C users, uh, it's a little bit easier for you guys. The only thing that really changes when the HP12C gets factory reset is it goes from uh, however many decimal places you had it set to, to only two decimal places. And then that's really easy to fix. You just hit the blue G key and then the number on the number pad uh, for how many decimal places you like. Personally, I like four, so I'll just do... They reset the calculator. I'll do blue G key and then the four. Now I'm back to four decimal places and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, or you could be like my proctor who didn't even know I was allowed to have a calculator and also didn't know that they were supposed to reset my calculator and just like, I'm like, you want to reset this? They're like, no, it's okay. You're good. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also speaking of calculators, make sure you use some duct tape and cover up the formulas on the back of the calculator. Yep. Um, I've heard some funny stories with that too. I've had, you know, I had one student um, <laughs> said, heard, you know, cover the back with tape. So they just took like clear masking tape and put that over. <laughs> And they let them in with that and they're like, they're fine. So, but you are, you're supposed to cover it so that you cannot see the formulas on, on the yeah. case of the calculator. <laughs> um, oh, and one, one last thing, since we're kind of on the, the proctor uh, piece here, call ahead to your Prometric site and ask them about scratch paper or whiteboard. Um, mm. Just get clear on what they do. Cause I don't think that that's consistent either. It is not. So when I took my test, I had actual physical paper. Uh, yep. they, they would only give you two sheets at a time. And if you wanted more paper, you had to turn in your sheets to get fresh paper and mm -hmm. kind of like a prison system almost. <laughs> um, but I've had other students tell me that there was no paper at all at theirs. All they had was like a digital whiteboard um, on the computer. Yep. And then other students saying they had an actual like dry erase with like yep. uh, markers. Uh, whiteboard as well. So expect any one of those three, either paper, whiteboard, or annoyingly digital whiteboard, which I think is the yeah. worst way. Yeah, I think they're doing that mostly for the remote students is yeah. the digital whiteboard. Um, but yeah, th that's something to just just so you're comfortable. I, I personally love taking notes in these exams. I like working things out on paper. That's how I, I prepared. And luckily, I got the the six page book with the two pencils and that felt mm -hmm. comfortable. Um, 
but you you want to know what to prepare on on that front as well. Yep. Uh, also, that brings up another good point, Adam, is the formula page and the tax tables that are provided. Um, when I went to mine, I asked my proctor to print it out for me, and they did. No problem. They just printed it out and they gave it to me. Um, but I've had other students say that, you know, they had a proctor that was, you know, kind of a little bit of a stick in the mud and wouldn't print it out for them and then would only let them view it on the, uh, the pop-up. So yep. be prepared for that. Uh, my advice with that is, polite, but firm, you know, say, yeah. Hey, I'm supposed to have these tax tables and formula sheets. Could you please print these out for me? And just, you know, polite, but firm yeah. <laughs> is, is the way yeah. to do it. And, but if they say no, they say no, and just be prepared for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. And, um, and then just, just know in exam, two of the features that some people opt to use, uh, you don't have to use by any stretch, but I've heard some students that have found the highlight feature to be useful. And there are some commands that you can, you can learn in the tutorial, just how to use it. <clears throat> and also the strike through, there's a, there's a way to do a strike through. I found that the strike through was very helpful because as I eliminated answers on the screen, I could actually just strike it off. Um, the highlight, I remember only using it when I had a more detailed question stem and just to call out the real key points. But um, yeah, just know that those are available to, to you as well. And um, many of you who have done this, you know, you're, you're gonna be familiar with the functionality. It's gonna be nothing surprising. Yeah, I use the highlight for basically just the case studies, just like yeah. as I was reading yeah. the case studies, just like, oh, that, that's kind of a red flag. That's a red flag. Let me just highlight those. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that just about does it for my end, Jerry. Anything else that came to mind for you? Yeah, I, I would just say relax, you know, go in with a clear head. Um, I'm a big proponent of not studying the day before. Just, you know, get get in your zen, get, get it, get centered, uh, do some meditation, relax. Don't worry about studying the day before. That way you can go in completely fresh on the day of the exam. 100%, 100%. This is, this is only showing CFP board what you know. That's exactly. it. So go in there, do your best. Uh, me, Jerry, the Biff guys, we're here to help, help you all the way through and, and beyond. So if you have any thoughts, questions, be sure to reach out. We're, we're here and we're going to be around for the, the whole ride here throughout the cycle. So whenever your test is, if you have any questions on this episode or anything previous, just reach out to us. We'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah. And reach out to us when you pass, let us know. So uh, yeah. you know, we can, we can do the the dad advice followed by the, I'm proud of you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Attaboy, a girl. Way to go get it. There we go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> good hustle. Good hustle. Yeah. Good hustle. <laughs> Way to get back on D. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks a lot for the time, Jerry. I think this was a, was a good one. A lot of good stuff in here. And um, unlike the exam, we know what to expect here. So you can prepare for it. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, until next time, Adam, hope you all have a great uh, time and good luck with your exam. Yeah. Same here. Take care. Bye-bye.